is Thor Ackerlin, and welcome to Video Game Bullshit. This is Jeffrey Wittenhagen. I'm an author of multiple gaming books, including collector's guides for both the Nintendo and Super Nintendo. I'm a huge fan of action RPGs like The Legend of Zelda and obscure systems like the Neo Geo and TurboGrafx-16. And we've got God. Hey, I'm big into uh, no death runs, high score runs, uh, collector of all things vintage and retro. Uh, pretty much anything video game related. Also collect figures, vinyl, VHS, tap handles, old beer signs, and old beer steins. Please call our number, leave a voicemail or a text message at 262-264-VGBS. So, we're definitely covering a topic that people have asked us about um, online everywhere, and it's the NES Classic. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. But, but basically, people are calling this whole thing that's been happening over the last part of the year in 2016, they're calling it like a retro resurgence. And it has, it has a lot to do with Nintendo releasing the little mini Nintendo, the little classic thing. And, you know, then as soon as they, um, they announced theirs, they did like a trailer. And as soon as they did that shit, like everybody and their mother came out of the woodwork. Like Sega's, like we're doing a new Genesis, and then, um, what was it? Uh, Pico Interactive did a Wisdom Tree game, fucking plug and play, and God. and by new Genesis, I mean <laughs> a new clone Genesis. <laughs> Nothing amazing or anything. Um, and then you had Retrobit doing this generation system, which may or may not be affiliated with Mike Kennedy from who did the Coleco Chameleon. <laughs> um, Could it be? I got more information on that later on VGBS. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and of course, the, um, the AVS from Retro USB, the advanced video system, which is a play on Nintendo's own name for the NES, was going to be called the AVS back in the day. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then there's, of course, all the other alternatives, like the little mini PCs, like the Raspberry Pi, and the, of course, our our own favorite, which is Coin Ops on the original Xbox. So we can go into detail on all that stuff, but um, but basically, what we need to talk about is, is there an actually a retro resurgence that's happening? Is it going to affect anything that we do, anything collecting wise, anything, you know? else is is more or more people going to get in the hobby you know other stuff like that so that's stuff that we're going to talk about here um 
But what what do you know, Kyle, about the NES Classic just from in your little bubble that you live in? Because there's a lot of people that listen to the cast that are kind of like us, where some of them are all about news. Other ones are in their own bubble and doing their own thing. Yeah, that was one that I was following for a while. Um, but uh, especially because just the first Zelda was on it and you could save. Yes. Each game has like four, four slots to save, I think. I think it's um, three. Not sure. Yeah, because I was watching the AVGN channel. Just um, maybe they they got one. Yeah, they they got one in, and they were doing like a review on it. Nice. Watching that last night. Yeah, they the the guy said the store that they ordered. He ordered ninety, and he got two. (laughs) Yeah, that's like all of them. So so Nintendo and their ever loving wisdom, uh, definitely produced a low amount of stock. Um, of course that means that all the scalpers fucking bought them all up and they're flipping them for two to $300 on eBay for the first like month. Yeah. And the other weird thing was like star tropics. How, how does that work? Like you can view the instruction manual, Mm -hmm. but are they going to have like the hidden message somewhere in there? Like how, (laughs) how does the water thing work? You know how you had to do that? Drop the thing in water. Yeah, I mean, it would be easy for them to do, like, just put, when you go to the website, it shows it or something. Because, I mean, all those are, like, the, the manuals aren't on the NES Classic. They they have, like, a little QR code, which you scan with your phone, and then it goes to a website. So it probably just shows yeah. it on the website, you would think. That, that also kind of dates it when I saw that. I was thinking that kind of dates it because it... it you know exactly when it came out was when the time when you could scan all the things with the phone. Because ten, five or ten years from now, shit, who knows when it'll be out? Well, yeah, you're you know? you're right, and like I don't like fucking QR codes, so I mean, you probably never even used them. Yeah, you'll see them on the buses and stuff. But again, it's like everything has its little time. Mm-hmm. So who who knows how long that'll last? Yeah, maybe it'll last a long time. Maybe it won't. I don't know. I mean, that'll definitely date it for sure. Yeah, and then of course every, everyone's complaining about the, how there's not a lot of. Um, I think with Capcom, I'm trying to think what they put from Capcom on there. Um, uh, Mega Man One and Two. I think Ducktales is not on there. No, people are complaining like Rescue Rangers is not on there. No, it's it's um, definitely not on there. Like, there's a thing in the back that you might be able to update it with. They're thinking um, there's like a there's a little slot. That if they release more games later on or something, yeah, um, yeah. So an update. I, I I brought up the list so that way we don't uh, guess. Um, Mega Man Two, not Mega Man One, just Mega Man Two. Um, and the other one was Ghosts and Goblins. That's it. Yeah, so that's that's just interesting that there's still a lot of stuff not on there. Obviously, the first Contra. Contra is missing, and the only other Konami games are the first Castlevania, not the second or third. Um, and Gradius. Yeah, Castlevania 1 and 2 are on there, though, right? Um, Castlevania 1, not 2. I thought Simon's Quest was on there. That's what they were saying on that. Mm-mm. I think people yeah, were that's... misquoting it, because I'm on the, the page. Oh, wait, never mind. That's what I thought. Never mind. There's some other ones down here. They On the yeah. Wikipedia page, they fucking split it up. So, uh, there's also uh, Castlevania 2. Right, okay. Weird. Um, but that's exclusive to North America and PAL systems, so that's why they they did that. Um, what's interesting is that Double Dragon Two 
has published by Arc System Works. Hmm. Who did Guilty Gear and Blaze Blue and a bunch of shit. So, like, they must have bought out a bunch of um, games. Acclaim published it originally, right? Yeah. So, I mean... And Technos developed it, but Acclaim published it. Yeah. So that's that's very interesting. Yeah, it's that, weird. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fucking now, what the hell is up with that? <laughs> but um, but but yeah, like there's there's a very for sixty dollars, which is what it retails for. That's very solid. Um, now of course there's a reason to get the Japanese Famicom version because it has Yair Kung Fu, um, Solomon's Key, Final Fantasy three, which is only Japanese, so that's. Um, Mystery of Atlantis, Atlantis No Nazu, which is a classic Arena um, game. <laughs> yes. yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> One of the first uh, NES, NES Open Tournament Golf is on only in Japan. Weird. That's a classic, though. Uh, downtown Neketsu Motogari, which is, you know, um, River City Ransom characters. Um, it's not yeah. necessarily... Re- it, actually, it is River City Ransom on there. Um, little Kunio Kun's time. And then there's the sumo game. So, I mean, there's some freaking solid little games on there. The irony is, is that the Famicom one, um, the controllers still sit on the side of it. So the controllers are tiny. It like, uh, it was funny because Gamester81 posted a picture of it because he just got one. Uh, he ordered it on eBay or whatever. And he posted it in his hand. It's like in the middle of his palm. He's like, these are tiny. And somebody said, don't let him fool you. His hands are gigantic. Yeah, yeah, those mitts. <laughs> it's like mitts. <laughs> because because the uh, the NES classic, it's just a normal Nintendo controller, same size and everything. Um, yeah, yeah, super cute though, a little Famicom. Yeah, the 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 <laughs> other thing Nintendo licensed was a three hundred and twenty page playing with power NES classics book, which was published by Prima Games. Um, mm. It has some of the games including the system. I think there's only like thirteen or seventeen games in it, but everybody's bitching about the book because there's a lot of blurry and grainy images in it. It's like, it's, oh, it's like really shitty. That's what people are telling me. Weird. I haven't read wow. it myself, but I'm like, as a author myself, I'm like, I'm always interested. And people are like, yeah, it's, it's really bad. <laughs> Nintendo. Jeez. Committing crimes. Yeah. It's insane. So, you know, that part of the NES mini though, um, pretty cool. Of course, the the interface as you play is a little slick interface. You get your four save states, like you were saying. Definitely four. That might be the best part is the interface. Yeah, I mean it's just a cool way to view I your old say. games. You know, it's it's better yeah. than going through a text list. Yeah, pictures are always nice. Exactly. Um, so I you said you watched the AVGN one. I'm not sure what they talked about, but I watched the My Life in Gaming video where they compared the um, NES Classic to all the other systems that they've tested and for all the um, different qualities of audio and video and um, where it compares. And it's it's pretty muddy is what they, they showed. Um, and there's a lot of, like, noise is what they called it on the, um, on the graphics. Like, there's some stuff that they left in there that they thought was interesting. Um, there's a bad ghosting effect when you're doing scrolling on on the HDTVs. So, like as you're like scrolling in Mario or something, like it's it's like a weird like waviness that you see. Hmm. Um, there's audio delays. So, like when you're doing, say for example, Double Dragon Two, you need somebody like you hit them and then it makes the noise. 
That would drive me crazy. Shooting in Mega Man, like they did a comparison one to one, where when you're shooting on the Nintendo one, you shoot and you hear it immediately, whereas you shoot and hear it. On it's very noticeable. Well, I also use that. I also use the audio cues for my strategies too. Exactly. So that might That's actually throw you off. Oh yeah. And I mean, the thing is, is um, and and what I put in the second point will most general people care about these little details probably not so like i mean if you have the old games like we do then yeah it's you're gonna notice that shit it kind of shows what the target audience is yeah and i i guess um what they were saying on my life in gaming is is that it's actually a linux-based emulator that nintendo put on this so they didn't like you know refine it as much which you would think, which we all thought it would be like a Nintendo base perfection, but yeah, yeah. and so you know it's it's like a little bit disappointing, but in the general scope of things, like my coworker getting one for her husband, which is a perfect example, like he's not going to notice really. And I mean, it may seem like hey, this is a little different, but ninety nine percent of the people are just gonna be like, Yeah, this is great. I get to play all my old games in one little sixty dollar box. Um now of course these low stock uh things, that's only gonna last for a little bit and Nintendo's gonna replenish. That's classic Nintendo does that. It's the amiibos. Yeah, it's the amiibos. It's the same same song and dance. Because the the funny thing was is as people were complaining about it, because they always do that when Nintendo does it, people complain. False demands, fun. Those same people were posting pictures. Oh, yeah, I remember when Amiibos were rare? And they just showed all the rare ones sitting on the same shelves as when they were looking for the Nintendo minis. They're like, yeah, Nintendo will stock these. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's, like, funny. But, um, yeah, it's just, like, people are just making their quick dollars, which is the same thing when anything gets in low amounts. Yeah, I mean, the other point that has to be said, too, is a lot of... Uh, maybe they Nintendo figures... Okay, who the target audience? If you're a hardcore gamer, you already, you know, probably have an original NES and all that. But the kicker is the HDMI. Oh yeah, which I think that's that's what's gonna draw the hardcore fans because they want to see it on HDMI. Um, but again, it's limited to the to, to the library, so that's a huge like strike in my opinion because there's so i mean of you know 700 freaking games plus and it's like you can only play that that little library uh, that they they give you it's, well 30 games and for a hardcore gamer that's where the other choice that we're going to mention later uh-huh. comes in where it's like i'd probably go that direction so the the final question is is did nintendo knowingly produce this in low amounts and and my thoughts are i think absolutely and only because the reasoning is that this for nintendo is untested waters this is a plug and play so they didn't know how people would respond they could be like most people could be like eh, we don't care about this the general population could have just ignored it and if they would have produced millions of these, that that would have been like suicide for the company. So what they did was, is smartly, they did enough to give all the stores like five each, some some of the smaller ones, two each. But they, they did enough to do like five each. I think that um, they probably should have just, I mean, they had people pre-order 90 of these things. They should have at least fulfilled all the pre-orders. 
Well, that's that's what gets me. That's if weird. You had, if you had all those pre-orders, then you already know what you're dealing with. Yeah. So, I mean, but the thing is, is that they, they always classically classic. do that. It's a strategy. Yeah. It's a strategy. And then they're going to release more, and they'll do it in inter- intervals, like they always it's do. Like reverse, it's like reverse psychology, like makes you want it more because you can't have it kind of shit. Well, it does, and I notice myself even. I'm like, yeah, I would like to get one. People are complaining about not getting it, and then I'm thinking about it. And as we're going over our points, um, as because we always research and talk about it throughout the you know the weeks before we record, and um, and I was like, yeah, I don't really need it. All I'm going to do is put it up on my shelf and display it. Like I don't, I don't need the box. Like I don't need the game system. I'm never gonna play it. If I do anything, if I get one, it's going in London's room, and I'm not even sure for TV's HDMI. So, but it, it would go in London's room so she could play Nintendo. That would be the only reason. Yeah, it's it's kind of like those. Um, what what Disney does too? They like create false demand in a way. Mm-hmm. But but uh. I guess just a marketing strategy. It makes you want it more. It makes you talk about it more. I think the talking about it more is a big deal because mm-hmm. now you're like at school, you know, kids and yeah, the word word just going around. That's actually a pretty brilliant. Well, it's it's the same thing as uh, you know going your head, going you know? back to uh, Phobos, um, Lesnar versus Goldberg that happened this year where you know Goldberg destroys Lesnar in two minutes and. People, hardcore wrestling fans are pissed, but everybody's fucking talking about it. It's the same exact thing. Like, everybody's talking about Nintendo. And so the question is, and I've seen multiple times, see it on Nintendo Age, other forums, see it on Facebook, is is this going to cause prices to go up? Because people are going to get interested in the Nintendo again, and especially with these small, limited amounts and all these alternatives, like, is this going to put out a, a a demand is it going to be like i'm thinking which i'm thinking that it's going to be a smaller demand it'd be like a little hump where people are going to be interested and it is their attention span is not going to last too long and then they're going to move on to the next thing that all of the the main population do now because what they do is they, the newest cool thing it's pokemon go and everybody the whole world's doing pokemon go now you don't hear about it ever again like, that's just how it is. Everything, the ebbs and flows of current technology, I don't think it, it maintains um, attention like it used to. Now, I don't know if you think I'm going to be wrong, hopefully, and because and people stick around with Nintendo. I don't know, man. What do you think? But I think there's another issue, too, in there that, like, we're starting to see carts like uh, Ghost Lion, uh, Princess Tomato in the Salad Kingdom, the stuff like that starting to go over $100 now. Mm-hmm. So it's almost it has to hit a breaking point where now there's there's to me there's going to be a market for the um, power packs and stuff that we can play it all in the same thing because now it's getting to a point where who can afford to even buy those games anymore? Well, yeah, just card only over a hundred dollars. I mean, Shatterhand's like eighty or ninety now. I mean, who can afford that? I'm like, thinking nobody. that that is like the normal still, which is insane, but like. So on top of that, all of these hundreds of thousands of people that are buying these NES classics, do you, and there's only thirty fucking games on there out of over you know six hundred and seventy six or six seventy eight or whatever, however many games there are. Mm-hmm. Do you think that those people are gonna be like, well, there's another six hundred and fifty games that I haven't played, 
and they're going to try to find them. Yeah, but they're also going to be discouraged when they see the prices. You're right. So that's where it's going to be like, Jesus. And then someone's going to say something has to be done. Like, So that's to me, is the bubble is not like a collecting bubble that has to burst. The bubble is like, how, how can we get all these games in a, a reasonable price? Yeah. Every single one. Well, the thing that I've seen is like people are like, oh, people are going to make reproductions of the games. And I'm like... Well, why, why would I build my collection off of fake little Retros. Samsons and fake little um, Flintstone 2s when I can yeah. have my EverDrive? That's the obvious choice. Yeah. Just get the EverDrive. Because you're still getting one game for one game. So it's it's still going to take you forever to get it. I, I, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to want the EverDrive 2 just because they're in the newer generation. Mm-hmm. So if this turns on a lot of newer... They're, they're going to see it as like, well, how do you just, you know, simplify this and kind of put this all in one place? Yeah. I mean, EverDrives are great. That needs to happen, like, actually, because yeah. eventually, like, none of those cards are going to work anyway. And I think in Season 1, we did do an EverDrive versus Power Pack episode, didn't we? We, like, talked about it in one of our old episodes. We've definitely talked about it. Yeah, but just the different nuances between EverDrive and a Power Pack, and EverDrive's yeah. autosave, Power Packs don't, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But, um, like, it's it's definitely um something that I would highly recommend to people that are thinking about getting into NES cartridge collecting is to do the EverDrive's on top of it because you're that hundred dollars for freaking lion <laughs> ghost, ghost lion. lion yeah i mean you can get a freaking everdrive and have every game for that same price and, and if you want to play them and not just put them on the shelf then you can play everything while you collect and find everything in the wild for a reasonable price and i think the wild is going to be impossible if a hundred thousand more people fucking jump into the wild looking for games Certain people will. It's there's definitely people that will. I mean, you're gonna see younger kids. We we already do at the game conventions. Yes, we do. Yeah, so that's gonna keep going up. Um, I think really the simplicity of the old games has that charm that just it's like infinite. It's timeless. So even even you know a hundred years from now, it's like still gonna be those classics. You know, when it's like unlike the Atari, everything that started during the Nintendo era is still going on today. A lot of it. So like the Mario's, the Zelda's Castlevania, all of those have a piece in current gen. So that's that's where the origins start. Origins start in the third generation of games, which is Sega master system, Nintendo, um, and then a little bit of the turbo graphics. And eight bit is just the perfect, I don't know, there's something perfect about it uh-huh. that it's just like, even like the whole box, the pixel, uh, it'll, I think it'll always just be the best. Well, like the art holds up. It, there's just a special, and also it's more advanced than like 2600. Yeah. You know, so it's it's just the right spot. Well, I think that it's also that you can, if you do it from a reviewer's perspective, you have all the aspects in that generation. You finally have music. I mean, before that, the music was beeps and bloops. So now you actually have a soundtracks that can be made. And everything is also at a creative best because it's minimalistic, too. So Yeah, the minimalism you is gotta huge. you got to use your fucking imagination. See, that's what the Super Nintendo doesn't have is the minimalism. Mm-mm. 
and and also like that whole Minecraft how how everything is boxes, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like how everything is pixels. There's like a Minecraft element to it. It makes it special, and um, it's. I think that will always hold up. the The NES. I I always felt it would it would always be like the king of just classic gaming. But I mean, just not to get too off track. But with that being said, I think yeah, we'll have an influx. Games are gonna get fucking like they're already scarce, so it's gonna be like Sahara Desert, you know. I, I mean, I think it's been the Sahara Desert. I think we're about it already. I is. think we're about to turn yeah. into fucking Mars, desolate like red the moon wasteland and shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, like yeah space, dude. <laughs> Wayland. Yeah, yeah. Road warrior like landscape shit. I mean, and I'm very grateful that the uh, Everdrives exist because I can still play everything. Like, like I mean, we have you know the collection, but it's like. Even so, like, it's to the point now where if it's so expensive, I don't really want to test playing some of these fucking rare games and breaking them. Yeah, someone has to figure out a... a, If someone could figure out an affordable, under $100, even under, like, $75 for, like, an EverDrive, you make millions of dollars. It it just... I think it's too expensive. They don't realize you're still going to spend way more if you single cart style but they don't see that until way later yeah so it's it's like ooh, 200 dollars. that's too much well actually like if you think about it that's fucking amazing yeah right now uh the everdrive i just went on his the website for the guy who makes them which is crix's or whatever and it's 94 bucks plus the shipping so you got the sd card the shipping what else is there um that's it so how much is the SD card? Like twenty five bucks? Um, you can do up to thirty two gigs. It's not even probably like ten bucks now. Maybe maybe thirty bucks. I don't know. Like for me, it didn't cost anything for the SD card. And a lot of people do have them sticking around, sitting around their house. So I mean, hopefully, yeah. I mean, that's that's one nice thing is that it it uses something that is like pretty accessible. But like th- thirty two gigabytes, you don't need that much. Um, I think two hold every single NES game plus every hack plus every translation plus every homebrew. Yeah, that's what they're they're saying about the NES Mini. They could hold the whole collection. Well, I I heard that the uh processor in there can run like 64 games and shit, like maybe even GameCube games. Actually, they said it might be more powerful than a Wii. <laughs> yeah, that's why there's probably going to be upgrades down the line. Where you just get a stick and like put it in there. I think somebody's just gonna open it up and hack it. Like, why would? Well, that's gonna happen. That always happens. And, and, <laughs> and then I'm going to buy one because if somebody hacks the NES Mini, and, and the thing is, is that at sixty bucks, um, it's a little too expensive just to have a cool case because a lot of people think that the case is awesome to put other shit in there, which actually could be a good segue into the Raspberry Pi Three. Yeah, um, so there, they have those so, so that's an alternative. Um, Raspberry Pi 3 is a tiny, tiny, tiny little computer, has two, um, two USBs on it. It can emulate all the way up to the PlayStation and N64 with moderate issues, like very little issues. Um, and it could fit in a Nintendo cartridge. There's actually a Kickstarter going right now. I backed it. Um, and they will have, um... Avail- they'll have availability on after Kickstarter. Um, I actually talked with him just to make sure it'd be cool. Um, and basically, I asked him a bunch of questions, so I got some info on his what he's doing. 
Um, but yeah, so basically the Pi 3 cart, they're putting it inside of a Nintendo cartridge. And basically, what did I say to him? I'm just I'm going through my messages real quick while we do this. He said it'll be on pi3cart.com. By the time this podcast goes up, his Kickstarter will be done. Um, and basically, the emulators on the system, on the Raspberry Pi 3, are PC console emulators. Um, he, has, he has noticed no issue or lag with inputs or latencies on the system. Um, he says he's not really a power gamer, though, but he's had friends test it out and had no complaints. Um, everything sounds as good as emulation on as far as sound and imagery, but it's emulation on a computer. So all the issues that you see with those um, on a computer, it'd be the same on the Pi 3. Um, it's a smaller, you know, it's like a little bit of a weaker system comparatively to somebody who has like a supercomputer, but it's probably just as powerful as like a computer five years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's... so. The advantages are you can play like multiple systems. You put everything on there. It's um, it's networked, so you can get online with it. Um, it plays up the sixty-four and PS one era without any issues. Um, images are pixel perfect because you know it's a computer. Um, you can put on different types of shaders and things, which the NES Classic also has. But you can put on shaders to make it look older if you want to. I've never really wanted to do that on an HD system. Yeah, that's yeah. I could make it look older, but like it'll, just play the fucking just play original. Playing the original, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Put in an RF switch. Yay, we're having fun now. Um, he said. He point. said it may be worth mentioning <laughs> to get away from due that. to licensing and copyright issues. He does not ship any software or even operating system with his kits that they make. Um, it's up to the user to supply their own shit. You can Google it. I mean, retropie.org.uk is on there. Um, you can just go to the site and download everything onto the system. Um, the other cool thing is is that. Just like with the um, Xbox XBMC, you can actually use this as a Raspberry Pi, which means you can put like a hard drive onto it, like a, a your actual movie hard drive, and you can download. and It's called um, skimming off offline, and basically what it does is you'll have box art for all of your movies, like posters. So you can actually have like your own like mini Netflix which is pretty cool. Um, and they also have streaming, so you can go click, connect to multiple streaming websites and watch a bunch of movies and TV shows and shit on the Raspberry Pi. So it's like a big media box, really. And you can put it in a Nintendo cartridge. Like, that's freaking crazy, dude. That is basically the wave of the future as well. I see that yeah. being very... It'll. It's like a game changer. So is the uh, Power Pack, just like a game changer. Well, like the... So, so like, the, the ra- Raspberry Pi is cool... Um, the disadvantage is, is if you're a pixel perfect person like we are, um, game wa- gameplay wise, it's only as good as the emulator you have it on. Yeah, exactly. And um, this it's cheap too. Uh, the one that he's selling, I think it's like seventy five bucks shipped. And that he does a bunch of soldering to put it in a Nintendo cartridge. He actually has to desolder a bunch of shit and put it all onto the. To like to make it flatter because it's a little bit thicker than a Nintendo cartridge. Oh, that's gotta be a pain in the ass. Yeah, so so I mean he charges a little bit, but I think yeah. the Raspberry Pi three costs like twenty bucks or thirty bucks online. Like you can buy it on Amazon right now for like twenty or thirty dollars. It's cheap. It's a brilliant little toy. It's a fucking steal. Um, yeah. I mean the non HD alternative, which is we were talking about earlier, one of the biggest hits on my site is the Coin Ops Xbox Arcade. 
Uh, yes. I mean, we got I got both mine and yours for five dollars combined at a yard sale. <laughs> yeah, when everyone was throwing them away. Yeah, and it's like I I actually had a hard drive sitting around my house. I upgraded the hard drive in the Xbox to the max size, and it's freaking it holds thousands and thousands of games. But again, the same thing. It's emulator based. Um, ours they only play on a, the original Xbox, so it only goes up to. I think like the uh, coax or maybe one step above that for like um, quality, mm-hmm. but it's still it's good enough and it plays everything. So there's another option to play every single thing, and that does play up to 64 and PlayStation moderately. It's it's a little bit brutal on 64 and PlayStation, but it, they work. Again, it's I think it's it's all in what programs you have, and what programs will come out in the future. That's why I th- really think it's the wave of the future. Eventually, all the emulators will probably be pixel-perfect. Mm-hmm. It eventually, you just got to give it time. Well, I mean, the other option is, of course, like a little PC box like I have, which is the Alienware Alpha that plays everything. That's sweet, too. I mean, and obviously, there's now a Dolphin emulator, which is both GameCube and Wii, and it works fine on my computer. And this thing fits in my backpack. I can bring it over to people's houses. Like, it's portable. That's the cool thing about it. Or you, you could even put Velcro on it and stick it on the back of a TV. I mean, like... And it's it, HD. Can, it's so easily hidden, too, if you don't want it to be seen. If you're yeah. that kind of person that just wants to, like, oh, you know, magic. I mean, and it's pow- <laughs> it's powerful enough to run InDesign and... You know, like the stuff that I use for editing books, so it's fine for me. And I, I just use it for a PC now. I don't. So I initially bought it so I could play Steam and PC games and stuff, and I don't even do that now. <clears throat> it's so good that it's just a PC. Like it's, it's fine. And I'm not a, you know, PC master race. I'm not a. I don't need the hardest, you know, the biggest, baddest computer. I, I don't really care about that. As long as it work runs everything I need, I'm, I'm fine. And I play old school games anyway, so it runs all those. Yeah, that's the issue. If someone wants new PC games, well, yeah, you're going to be in a whole different world of hurt. Yeah. It's always a pain in the ass being on the bleeding edge, though. John, like, just real quick. So he has, he's gone through, like, three or four computers. It's it's just like, I don't know, it seems... PC Master Race, man. It's just, it's like, too much. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and it's, in order to get the best... PC is like people say, oh, you'll save so much money because if you build it yourself. Well, you're still going to have to spend over a grand to get a good rig. Um, John, his, his brother builds it, but then there's always problems. Always. Some some, some game will crash it. and he, His isn't even working right now. <laughs> it's like, how fun is that? I, I would rather pay to have it constructed since I don't know how to build it. Obviously, they're, they don't really know how to build it either. Nah. Because... Certain people are are fucking good, but the thing was, Kasiba, he was into that, and he had issues too. All his computer always was fucking with them in some way. Yeah, it's all it's just funny how you like pay the price still. Well, I mean, it's just like people <laughs> who you know like, like to time ch- getting wasted, like to change their own oil in their car. Like it's the same thing. I mean, I know how to do and build computers. I mean, I have a fucking degree in it. I just I would prefer to do something that's easy. It's just the problem, I think, is it's like the there's a there's an issue now with your computer. Like, where is it? Is it a, a loose soldering joint? Is what <laughs> is it? It's like, oh no, troubleshooting. Brutal. 
But um, but so yeah, I, I think Raspberry Pi is the wave of the future, and and they're going to keep upgrading it to better specs as tech becomes cheaper. Because that's why is that all these pieces and parts are becoming cheaper. I mean, you want to take all your movies with you. I'm not just saying game future, like everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, most people are going to watch stuff online, but if you want to, like with Netflix, it's only what Netflix has. It's not like what you want to watch. If it if they don't have it, well, you're fucked. And that is one of the reasons why I really need to like rip all my Blu-rays, DVDs, whatever, to a hard drive because Netflix really... has gotten rid of a lot of shit recently yeah because most yeah it's it's um they control what you watch and it's just because certain people aren't interested see we like stuff that the majority of people couldn't give a shit about you know well and like netflix will buy licenses for stuff and if people a lot of people aren't watching it they probably just don't renew the license yeah it's always just like the hot new thing you know Mm -hmm. It's, they're not gonna be playing some old like '80s slasher on there, like New Year's Evil or something, you know? Like I've seen those on there, like a lot of '80s slashers, and you go there now, and they're not there, and it's like, well, what the shit? I had them in my saved. I was gonna watch them in the future, and now they're gone. So it's like, why the hell do I even have Netflix? And they do have some cool uh, TV shows and stuff that come out now, which are great. So that's why I'll we'll st- like my wife and I will still subscribe. But, like, if it was just for the movies, like, that shit pisses me off. Like, Yeah, because yeah, there's going to be something that you want, like Silent Night, Deadly Night or something. And you're like, what the fuck? Especially the second one. I'm sure that's not on there. No, probably not. <laughs> God, <laughs> fucking garbage day. <laughs> the cult following is incredible. People are trying to track down that guy in the movie, the main dude. Like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's like, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> He's like a legend now. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> God. So I think for the purpose of playing the NES games Pixel Perfect, it's Raspberry Pi still has some years to go. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's something that you we should all probably get acquainted with the technology like as soon as possible because we're this is it pretty much. Like if you want something that holds media that you can access, you know, with HDMI cable, bam. I mean, it's kind of like a um, 
a portable hard drive, except nowadays the portable hard drives, John got like a four terabyte one. Mm-hmm. It does it doesn't play in his car, it doesn't play on a stereo. Of course so you not. almost have to you almost almost have to go because it's new tech, you almost have to go to Best Buy and buy like a new test it there mm-hmm. and buy like a new stereo because the old stereos don't know what the fuck it is. No. I mean it's it's the same thing with like the EverDrive supports up to a 32 gigabyte card. Well, when they create a 64 gigabyte or a terabyte card, it's not going to work in that EverDrive because it only supports up to 32 gig. Yeah, it's like, what is this? Same thing with a certain USB ports. I think 2.0 doesn't support certain hard drive speed because the, the newer terabyte ones, like a 4 terabyte one, probably runs at a faster speed, RPMs, than 2.0 could handle. So you have to have 3 or 4 uh, USB 3 or 4 in order to run that so that's another issue yeah it's like when something didn't exist when that piece of hardware came out like it's completely new tech and unless they make it backward compatible which eventually they stop doing i mean yeah it's a waste but it's like there is one issue and i i think that it should be mentioned with the raspberry pi and coin ops um and that is if you want something that just comes loaded Oh. Like the NES Classic has the 30 games, it's all there. Like with Raspberry Pi, you have to create it all. You have to freaking upload manually everything. Like by now, you and I both probably have folders full of all the games and emulators and things like that. So that wouldn't be an issue to drag and drop. But like, and you could probably go get a torrent of every Nintendo game, every Genesis game, every Super Nintendo game nowadays. But it's a project. But it's a project. And just yeah. like building your own PC. The Raspberry Pi, you have to build it like you like it. Essentially, yeah, like customization, which which to some people is amazing. To others, they just want something that you plug and play. Yeah, that's too much. I and, and it's wise. I think a lot of us used to migrate and still do toward consoles because we like stuff that we can plug and play and not have to do a bunch of of crap to to get it to work right. That's true. So that is another thing with the Raspberry Pi 3 and all of those systems is it's still a PC. They're just trying to get it more console-like. So, I mean, they're they're working on it, and I think it's it's getting there. But, yeah, that one, definitely not quite there. Um, the other non-HD alternatives, that new Genesis and the new Pico Wisdom Tree thing, both of those are not HD, by the way. Weird. What's What's the input? Like, RCA? Yeah. We're still on RCA. Still on Jesus. RCA. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that the new Genesis <laughs> is, a, is a portable system, too. It has, like, the little thing. Um, the other things that came out, there's a Superboy S. So, like, the Super Nintendo Portable. They released an S version of it. And it has a bigger screen. Uh, they fixed the audio issues that the first one had. But I think that's not HD. I don't think it is. Um, yeah, Gamester was doing a comparison of the regular to the S and just comparing the size and the, it's a little bit brighter. It's, they've, they've upgraded every aspect of it. So it's still the, probably the best way to play a Super NES because you get the portable system too, portable screen, but, um, still cool. Um, so you have that. So the non HD alternatives kind of, unless you have your CRT like we do, I mean, then that's definitely like the Xbox is the way to go. Um, but again, that's still a project. The one thing I like about the coin ops for Xbox is that, um, you can just download coin ops, um, from one disc 
or torn or whatever, mm-hmm. and it just loads it all. So the, the build that you have, Kyle, is just off the website. It's coin ops. It goes on a standard hard drive, and it has everything built onto it. You just throw it on there. Done. And you've got the article, too, if anyone yeah. wants to reference that after listening to this. Yeah, it's on the site. So it's yeah. on, it's on Um, on the site. It's one of the most popular ones on the site just because everybody like wants to know how to do it. Yeah, once you see it, you're like, oh, let's see this. But, so, so that is like you still have to do a little bit of manipulation and stuff to be able to get onto it. But it's you just drag and drop and you don't have to customize every aspect. So it's it's a good little medium. The other two aspects to talk about with this quote-unquote retro resurgence, Mm. the retro bit generations. So that's another plug-and-play. It's HD, though, and it primarily is arcade and Genesis games, which is interesting. The reason why I put down Mike Kennedy is because he basically, for the first time since the Coleco Chameleon died in a fiery pit of hell and death uh, oh yeah <laughs> um, he posted about the retro bit generations and i talked with one of the guys uh pico actually is doing has a bunch of homebrews on this and basically he told me no it's just mike kennedy bought a bunch of them and then posted about it and made it seem like he was part of it but he's not because he um pico got had a deal with some of his games on there and stuff so there are over a hundred games on this plug and play, which is it's pretty cool. Let's see, is there a price on here? It's available now. So Nintendo Mini is sixty. This one is fifty-five dollars, free shipping. Mm. It's a red and black little system, USB controllers. The controllers look like they look like Genesis controllers. It has a little um, menu with text and little. It looks like screenshots. It might be video. I mean, we don't have it, so it might work nice like coin ops. So a lot of the games, you have your a lot of your Capcom arcades like 1942, 43, get all the bases loaded. You have some Game Boy games on there, though. Bases loaded on the Game Boy. Uh, Rodland, and then Rodland Game Boy. Anguna is a Pico game. Um, it's a homebrew, actually. It's like Zelda style, which is pretty cool. Uh, Thor's Quest, which is the Donkey Kong kind of a little bit of a hack. Pizza Pops on there, which is a Nintendo game. Oh, nice. (laughs) That's hard to find, though. Yeah. Famicom. Somebody didn't know who, what Higamaru is, which is, that's where little pirates pushing the barrels. I mean, there's uh, like Free Fall, which was a, um, a Color Dreams game where you're basically a hand catching bodies that are falling. You're shooting bodies up in the air and catching them with a hand. <laughs> like it's <laughs> freaking hilarious. Like there's there's a lot of Steinaxes on here. Um, oh, <laughs> yes, I used to play that when I was a kid a lot. Landmaster and Lawnmower, which are NES homebrews. I mean, Lawnmower, yes, that's awesome. Mazam, which is a Super Nintendo game. Creepy Bird, Super Nintendo game. Corn Buster, Super Nintendo game, unreleased. Pico. Um, Brawl Brothers Arcade, uh, Super Noah's Ark 3D. So, I mean, you have all different systems here on this thing. And, and we just did like a little bit of a, you know, there's still more. There's a hundred. So, Kickle Cubicle. So, that's a colorful treat. So, there's a lot on here. So, you get your money's worth for sure. Now, Anguna is the interesting one because there's only, I think, a Game Boy Advanced version, which that might be the Game Boy Advanced version. But there's no way to play it on a big TV. So... 
that would be a really cool way because it's a Zelda style game to play that would be on this system. It's 55 bucks. That's not bad. Um, there are some issues though that I've heard. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the first one that I'm thinking is just with the controller, you're stuck with that, right? Um, no, it's, it's a USB. So it probably supports a variety of controllers. Maybe. And they do have the SD card save slot and for upgrading and everything. So you'd have to get the NES controller and try it and then be like, oh, shit. Yeah, exactly. Or like <laughs> um, my Xbox controllers that are USB, Xbox 360 controllers, plug it in, see if it works. You, you would think that they would support everything. Yeah, the thing with the Xbox, you can get like a badass joystick. Mm-hmm. You can use the, any controller you want. Because it's just from the system itself, and the system has a ton of controller treats you can buy for the Xbox, and they're not that expensive right now. Yeah, now which is awesome. I've heard that the video in this one is very grainy. It's like Ooh. they basically just put an HDMI port on it. So it's like fake, <laughs> fake HDMI. Yeah, it's just it's just a, basically a connection, but they didn't upgrade the video quality on the games. Yeah, they had that a lot with like the Neo Geo. Someone will put like an S video customization, and it's just like doesn't really. It's not true S video. It's, it's not doing RGB on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and also, I guess I don't know what type of emulator or how they're d- doing it, but the um, there's a lot of slowdown on Genesis games, like really bad. That's weird because Genesis itself didn't slow down a lot. No. That's so funny. <laughs> whatever emulator they use, but I heard that the arcade was fine. Um, I'm not sure about the Super Nintendo or the Nintendo or the Game Boy emulators in it, but I know that the arcade is 100% fine when the, for the arcade ports. So it's interesting that it would be like the, the Genesis one itself like would be slower, but I, I know people have complained about that online. So um, I can confirm, you know, from talking to Pico and other people, that there will be a second version of the Retro Generations coming out. So, unlike the Nintendo Classic, which Nintendo may or may not do a second version with more games, or or 30 new games, um, Retro Bit Generations definitely will be doing multiple iterations. So, there is that. So, the other thing is, is do you want to spend $55 on the first version when the second version comes out in a couple months? Bleeding edge fun. Bleeding edge fun, man. It's just yeah. <laughs> brutality. And and like, what if they take out Anguna, like one game that I would want on version two? Then it's like, well, fuck. Version one with the shitty slowdown on some of the games is now the one I need for that one game. So it, it it'll be an interesting thing to see where they go with it. Um, they may just fix a lot of the issues and keep all the games, but you got to think they're going to run into a Netflix licensing that we mentioned, which is kind of a good segue from that, um, that they're licensing some of these games, obviously from Capcom and things. I was thinking that when you were reading them off, like how in the fuck? Yeah. I mean like Ghosts and Goblins is on there. A bunch of other shits on there. Game Boy shit. Well, and it's, it's one thing that, um, Nintendo's not going to be happy with that. Well, none of these are Nintendo games. These are just bases loaded the Game Boy version, and whoever owns the bases loaded license probably authorized them or they paid to be able to use these. So it's like it's like legit. Mm-hmm. Well, it's you, you like have to be, otherwise world. they would they would get sued. I mean, they're they're making money, they're publishing, and it's all over the place. So people are talking about it, like they'd be taken down with Super Ghouls and Ghosts on here. It makes me wonder, you know, because. Yeah, because we can put, like, video game music on our podcast, 
and no one's gonna. But if but if yeah, but if, if we decided some to, level to, like, to put this on a DVD and sell it at freaking Best Buy, guess what? Those that music has to go off. Well, I mean, no one probably would even know what we were doing until we got big enough to be a fish that was like visible. You know what I mean? So I just wonder if it's a visible fish yet. Um, it is a visible fish. It's more so that um, they're paying for it. Um, but once you start making money off of it, that's the key. Then people notice. Well, well, and the people that own the rights to things are like, well, you're making money off of my property. Then they get pissed. Yeah, exactly. So really, it all comes down to HDMI, though, because really, I still think the best solution is just get NeverDrive for every system and get the legit system. Uh huh. But still, you don't solve the HDMI. So then we have the the final segue that Kyle just perfectly laid the red carpet to. Yes, which <laughs> probably is my choice, but it's only limited to one system, and it is the retro USB AVS. Um, there is one other alternative. That is the Retron Five. Yeah, but the other thing with problem with that one, it doesn't read every game though. No, it doesn't read every game, and it again is kind of like the Retrobit Generations, where it's not really increasing the quality of the games that much there's a lot of lag a lot of lag in the retron 5 the um so the avs though um right now the best option out there bar none yeah um they do some kind of like he basically took this i don't know how how to put it in our speak but like my life in gaming talked about it they said that it's basically this emulated hardware that perfectly emulates a nintendo and you got to think about it like uh, Brian Parker, who runs Retro USB, is a hardcore Nintendo fan. And he has. suck around. So yeah. he has taken this thing. He spent years on it. He has tweaked and perfected it to where there's no no, no lag at all uh, from the actual system to the TV. He's like us, yeah. Yeah, he's he's anal retentive OCD mastermind. Well, you got to be if you really care about it, mm-hmm. you know. If you're really, really, really are hardcore. 100% right. And so yeah. that's the thing, though, is that, like, it perfectly emulates it. So this is the cleanest, the perfect picture that, the most perfect picture that I've ever seen on, you know, from a HD Nintendo system. And I have it, you know, plugged into my Nintendo. I played it today with my daughter. Like, we played all the time. Um, there is no lag. I mean, I was playing Mario 3 today perfectly. Um, I did notice, and I know that you can adjust some of it, but like today Mm -hmm. I was way too close to the screen. I may have gotten like a little bit of a headache from playing too close to the screen and it might've just been the scrolling or something with Mario three. I don't know, but, um, I know you can adjust those settings. So I'm going to play with that and see if that was it. Um, now let's see, there's four controller ports on the front. There is a Famicom nice. and an NES slot. So a four score is built in. Four score is fucking built in. And on the back, there's a little Famicom. Uh, you can put a controller in there, too. Yes, you can. They have the little expansion port. Yeah, so fucking Famicom. That really sells me, though. And there's room for the disc system. Yeah, you, if you put the disc system on, on where the Famicom port is, that works perfectly. <laughs> um now i know some people with the very very first models had some issues with the soldering of the power which the power is a usb a micro a mini usb thing 
Um, a couple guys have had that break on them, and it basically bricks the system because you have to like you can't even really resolder it on. It's pretty brutal, but um, I guess even all the people that ordered the first batches didn't have that issue. It was the ones that were like sent out as review copies. So like really, really early. The other old school ones. Yeah, yeah. Like once he did the main run, I'm pretty sure he fixed all those. So that's something that we need to note. Um, it should be fine, but there is that. Now, the other part that I really love about it is, number one, of course, the power packs and everdrives work fine in it. Work perfect. There's built-in um, Game Genie codes into the system, so that's cool. Um, mm-hmm. There's And on the EverDrive, there's built-in Game Genie codes, so you got multiple spots that you can use Game Genie codes. Play um, around, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking cool. Um, now, the, the one thing that I like the coolest thing is, because it's USB power, you can plug it into your laptop or PC and power it. And when you do that, you can actually uh, download special software that connects to Nintendo Age, and you run the software, and you, it'll record the scores of your games and you can upload them to Nintendo age via the scoreboard that's built into the AVS. So you can actually compete in world records, man. That's something I would like to do. I mean, it's fucking cool. It's also good because it's Nintendo age and it's, it's supporting something that I like love. So it's not like twin galaxies where it's kind of iffy. You have to jump through like 20 hoops to get a fucking score, you know. It's like, okay, you're on this database, you did it, cool, done, boom. That's what I that's what it should be. It, it shouldn't you shouldn't have to jump through hoops and shit. But what I think is so funny too is uh on that like the AVGN deal, I think it's Matei and I can't remember the other guy's name, like he's like a newer dude, but they they look on the back mm-hmm. the Famicom controller port, they they say that's for the the disk system. Mm. And it, it's just funny because the, the disc system just plugs in on the top. It's it's an actual Famicom cartridge, yeah. So so it's funny that like how many people will not even realize what they said is like an error. Oh, most people aren't gonna know. So that's what it like clicked in my head that like, dude, like they don't know hardcore gamers are actually like few and far between. I bet there's not even a comment on that video that mentions that. Yeah, because like the, the actual disc system is just like a little black cartridge thing that you plug into the top of the Famicom, you put it underneath, and it connects. Yeah, and it's so weird, just, like, I don't want to get too off track, but just how people don't know about the Famicom, because that um, game, uh, classic game room, so he, he got a Famicom, and he's like, for some reason, these Famicoms have a, a, a hum when you plug them into a, 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 a US TV, and I'm looking on his con- the second controller, and the microphone is like, the volume's like amped up. <laughs> so basically, you heard the microphone. All he had to do was turn down the volume on the microphone, and the hum would have went away. Now everyone who's watching that video thinks. thinks that a Famicom will give you a hum when you get it. Nice. That's the shit. Like no one knows about a Famicom. It's kind of fucked up, but yeah, it's weird. So, so I went to the scoreboard. It's interesting because I'm not sure if it recognizes Game Genie codes or not. Because it's supposed to not work if you have the Game Genie codes enabled. But I see like three, four scores have maxed out scores on the the ones that were submitted in the last two days. So Monster in My Pocket, 9999. Battletoads, six nines. Mario 3, 9,999,990. And High Speed, same thing. So like 99 million. 
So, like, is that a coincidence that there's three of them that are fully maxed out scores? Like, that's a little interesting to me. Can you cheat? How do you cheat the system? Like, is there a way? I mean, I don't know. I haven't I haven't submitted one score yet just because I haven't. Uh, mine's out in my living room, and we would have to take our laptop out there and plug it in and download the stuff. And it's a little bit of a process to do it because you have to have it running on your PC. And you get it from RetroUSB.com, the, the software, and then you have to connect that to your Nintendo Age account. I mean, I think some of those games you could just, like, Monster in My Pocket, is the guys keep respawning, right? So you could just do that until you have, like, a maxed out score and then beat the game, right? Probably. Well, you don't even have to beat the game. Fuck. You just get the highest score. So you just sit there for, like, ten hours and just... Yeah. You know? <laughs> that's, that's the one thing that kind of, like, kills it a little bit, because it's like, oh, well, who couldn't do that? Yeah, yeah, that's that's why I like the the no deaths or the speed runs and stuff like, that. or just the arcade high scores because then you're really fucking boss. Well, because I mean, this person right here with high speed started in October 14th and got five million points, and then by November 24th got 99 million points and maxed it out like damn within a month and a half. Like that's that's a tough crazy. one to do that though. Yeah, for a for a pinball game, unless you find some kind of glitch, yeah. Where see, I, th- I think the high score only goes so much to where can you beat it without dying? Can you be how fast can you beat it? You know, there's so many different five people have maxed out freaking Battletoads. I find that hard to believe. That is weird. Like maxed out the score. I don't think the guys respawn, do they? No. Well, then that's weird. I wonder if they're testing it. Well, it's five freaking people. And it's the people that are, like, setting all the scores, too. So it's like, I don't know, man. Like That's kind of shady. Yeah, it's 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 one of those <laughs> things that'll take away the fun, like... Yeah, already. So, like, <laughs> Mog, for example, on Nintendo Age. I know uh-huh. he's just... He's had the test item, the test consoles, and he, he plays them. And he got, like, 500,000 on Smash TV. He's a really good player. This guy who just set a record yesterday got 2 million. <laughs> Like, like he's like huh. Mog's a really good player, and this guy beat him. Like, same thing with Super Mario Three. Most people on Mario Three are getting a million points, like normally. This guy got nine million nine hundred ninety nine thousand. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like this is like all the it's games. Weird. So, so that could be something that we could say about the scoreboard, as the scoreboard may lose its luster if people are cheating. Yeah, because you don't know. It's it's it seems shady to me. Yeah. Now, I mean, everybody does have their game, but when you see like multiple games getting maxed out by the same person, which I see here, <laughs> the thing is, you don't know. There's that who's to say comes out to play, and that's yeah. the problem. Is is that like I just mentioned a little bit ago? Is that you know there's game genie codes on the AVS, right? So. You know, yeah. if you enable those, it probably doesn't allow you to do the scoreboard. However, my EverDrive has Game Genie codes built onto that, too. And then there's an actual Game Genie. So who's to say that one of those other two can't be used with the scoreboard? Override it somehow. So, I mean, so that that is one flaw. And obviously, if people are being jerks, they're being jerks. Like, I just don't understand going on there and having world records that are fake. Well, that's why I always record my records, mm-hmm. and if you want the video, like, here you go. That's where Twin Galaxies does it right. They just, it's too, 
it's too much. Like I think they actually it's gotten better. It used to be you have to do it on a VHS. Yeah, Twin Galaxies went like, from God. being like stuck in the nineties. Yeah, like tape, taping fucking VHS tapes. Like what? And now they now they fucked up because you have to submit it to a fucking board of freaking trolls. Yeah, that's the other thing. Who have scores themselves, meaning they have an interest in this. Somebody told Wes Copeland, who is the Donkey Kong World record holder and beat it at at Fun Spot live, they told him that one of his other world records didn't count because he didn't have sound on the Donkey Kong thing. I'm like, the dude has the world record officially. It's like anything to, like, fuck him over. Yeah, like, they were bitching about his record, and I'm like, and I, I just wrote, like, yeah, they were bitching that I didn't show 20 minutes of loading before I set one of mine on a Commodore. And I was like, that's why I don't use Queen Galaxies. So the the thing is, is that they have that whole community upload shit on Twin Galaxies. Yeah, and here's the thing about, like, King of Kong, you know, when they go to Steve Weeby's house? Yeah, we know that's all dramatized. Like, it's such a, a sham. It's like wrestling. Like, how is a cameraman, like, in the perfect fucking spot? Like, if that actually happened, how did they get, you know, everything to work just like it did? I don't know. It seems to me like there's strings being pulled behind the scenes. Yeah, King of Kong, everybody, like, in the know, knows that that whole movie was manipulated. And, you know, obviously the guy followed people around and recorded them. So what isn't? Like, yeah. It's kind of like wrestling. You don't know what to believe. Yeah. Which, that's the problem with this high score thing. Like, Mm -hmm. you almost have to. But, yeah, that's the problem. Like, taking away from somebody uh, something that they did for a a reason that's, like, really trivial. That Yeah, I'd pretty much say fuck you to them. Mm -hmm. That happened to me with the sound thing, for sure. Well, and that was, like, me with my not recording the freaking... Uh, loading screens, but I had like two different angles recorded. I recorded the actual direct video so that way they could see all the stuff. And then I recorded a separate one of me playing it with the system in the freaking in, in the picture and they still bitched. And I'm like, I have two freaking angles. Fuck you. Like, I mean, like here's, here's like the devil's advocate kind of is that, um, they're trying to make it like prestigious, but then the other side of it, they have high scores too. Exactly. That's my, that's my issue. It's it's like what they're saying with Trump now, how like every he has a vested interest in everything that he's talking about. So it's like a you can't you know like promote your own shit while saying another thing. That's kind of like what it's what they're doing. Like they're protecting their own scores. Yeah, that's th- that's it. By finding a little willy-nilly thing. And that's my problem with that. And, and that is the thing, is that, like, they don't want you to join their elusive club of having world records. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. dude, like, I had, like, I have 30 freaking games recorded at that point for the 64, and I'm like, all right, I'm not uploading shit. Fuck you. Like, I'm done. But if you were a friend of theirs, it would be, like, different. Like, a, a, if you were in, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, quote-unquote, in... It would it would be a whole different story. Well, and and when I wrote my article on the website about talking about Twin Galaxies, I started researching because I'm like, well, that same person that downvoted me and complained also had these three records where he didn't show the screens. It's like how like the wrestling families or the movie star families, mm-hmm. they're all in it because they all know they're all of connections. Yeah, yeah. 
like whoever the the little trolls that were on there at the time, like those guys, that little close niche. If I was part of that group, I'd be wouldn't have an issue. The only person from that the new site that goes anywhere is, is Jace Hall, who owns it. He makes appearances whenever there's a major event. He'll show his face, but that's about it. You touched on the best part is like the fun just gets like taken out. So why even? Yeah. As long as it's fun, that's why we do anything. Exactly. And I think that could be the issue with the scoreboard is just that I just went there and it's like, well, now everything's freaking getting max scores because like, there's no way that there's people that are that good at every game. Like we have our gold medal games. But if we go to Double Dragon Two and it's maxed out scores, we're like now, it's you, moot. You no know, people won't do that. It's, it's moot now. Like why even try? Exactly. Like people are like the reason why the Donkey Kong thing took off was is the Weeby versus freaking Billy Mitchell. But like this last Kong off the Kong off Five that I went to in 2016 at replay, there was like everybody who got in the finals had to have a Donkey Kong kill screen. And it used to be a freaking big deal. Like, only a few people in the world could do that. Now it's like, all eight of the finalists got one. Evolution. And, like, the world record now is so high that Wes Copeland set that it's like, you you have to pretty much play a pixel-perfect game now to beat, to beat the world record. So it's, it's to the point now where everybody else is kind of demotivated and going different routes now. It's evolved to a state where, you know, only the best of the best of the best... But it's scary that how that how that works. That works with like everything, though. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a universal like equation. If there, if you can't be the first to do it, or you can't even, there's no chance of you getting a record, but you're only going to tie it. It's kind of like, eh. It was the same thing with um when I was just at uh, Retro Game Con this year, and Thor Ackerlin was there, and he was on you know live episode, which will be up on. You know, the cast. He, he was going to do a live world record of the Tengen Tetris. But it was funny because I was sitting there, and this was after we recorded our panel. And I went, hey, so um, you're going to do the record, huh? And he's like, yeah. I was like, do you know what the record is? And the guy running it didn't even know what the world record was. So I went on Twin Galaxies, looked at it, and I'm like, all right, so your personal best was like 3, 4 million or something. And I was like, the world record now is 13 million. And he said, I was like, how long did it take you to get that three, four? He's like, oh, about like three hours. So I'm like, so basically you're telling me it's going to be like 10 hours if you play 10 contenders to break the world record and your flight leaves in six. <laughs> like, so you're not going to break the world record today, guy. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, not it's not physically possible. Like he, he, you can, you can set your personal best or whatever. And he did. He set his, his personal best there. But like it's 10 Tetris doesn't get like past level 10 or 20 or something it doesn't get any faster on like the nest textures which gets stupidly hard well, it's like the meta game i think they call it like magic the gathering how things get faster and faster and faster and faster until it's like so insane now a game lasts like three or four turns when back in the day it used to be like 30 turns yeah so yeah it's just how everything goes though it gets so fucking fast and quick and people master it and they figure out little shortcuts i mean it's like doom as as well if or like watching some of the speed runs online you're like jesus christ you can beat a game in fucking like two minutes now like holy fuck dude (laughs) it's like where's johnny like yeah i'm sitting there playing it just running around and me and you actually were playing it running around just having fun and john's like beating the level already (laughs) like we're just shooting murking people 
Yeah, it just it's it blows my mind how fast it goes. So yeah, I'm going back to uh, AVS. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the fact you can play Famicom on it. Yep. And NES and this system, mm-hmm. it's it's a shoe in for uh, the problem with me is the uh, the the price is like pretty brutal. What's the actual price of the AVS? It's one seventy, isn't it? AVS, yeah, it might be. Plus shipping, one seventy, one eighty, something like that. Um, I'm looking right now, one eighty five. Jesus. So yeah, so it's so that's one hundred eighty five bucks plus the hundred dollars for the EverDrive. Plus, you know what I mean? So basically to play everything, it's going to cost somebody about $300 to $400 because you still have to have an SD card and another controller if you don't have anything. Now, if you're someone like us where we have all the cards, then... It's still going to cost you $200 shipped probably. It's probably going to be $15 shipping probably. Yeah. So 200 bucks, which that's yeah. expensive. Um, now, from my perspective for you, and this is something that I mentioned online is that I have a giant 55-inch TV. Your HDMI TVs are, are pretty small to where they're about the same size as... They're the same size, if not smaller, than your CRT that you have in your house. Yeah, and we kind of hit this on the MGC episode that they had a lot of small flat screens at MGC mm-hmm. 2016. So it shows you that the lag is minimal because they used it for like all the systems. Well, and, and that's just it. So like... Even with your smaller ones, you're likely not going to notice much lag if you plugged a AV red, yellow, white into it from most systems. Like you may not notice a whole lot of lag. Like your one on your bar, you have a small LCD TV or LED TV. That one has like virtually no lag for you because it's not doing the upscaling to a 55 inch TV that it doesn't have to do as much processing because there's like little computers in all these TVs. That's what it is. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, the little computer in there doesn't have to do as much work for a smaller screen as it does for a larger screen. And proof with, with Kevin, he was trying to get me to beat Super Ghouls and Ghosts. I beat it here on my normal TV, but when I played it on his, he swore there was no delay. There's fucking delay, dude. Well, and, and that's just it. Even with Even all with of his tricks and his upscale and his frame meister and his bitch meister, and there, there was, there's delay. That was the issue, and he was like, he was getting all frustrated. And it's like, dude, I, I need the, I need it to be right. <laughs> I'm a timing person. That's how I work. And for his, like, for the frame meisters and all that, like, there's no delay on the video signal at that point. It fixes all that, but there's still an input delay from the system to the to the uh, screen when it has that big of a screen. There's an input delay. That's the thing. And with something like Super uh, Ghouls and Ghosts, you need it like absolutely perfect mm-hmm. especially in the later part right before the end in the last level i played super ghouls and ghosts on a crt when we did it for the podcast for homework that's the way you got to do it yeah there's no way i beat it that way and it's like i'm trying to beat it i'm sitting there for hours and just like I, it's not <laughs> jiving it's, it's frustrating this shit too and and yeah. the, and the thing is, is if you started and this is something for everybody on the podcast if you start with those old school systems on an, a big old lcd you're not going to notice all this stuff because the timing isn't going to be ingrained in you like it is in us. We've played all these games since we were growing up, so 
we know Mario where we can just not stop running. We will be the whole time and beat the whole game. We play with any lag at all, and it's like you're on ice skates. Because now we're hitting the A button to jump, and it's not jumping right. It's like it's not working like we've done it before. It's like you're jumping yeah. with your left foot, and your right foot's fucking hitting. It's like if you're pre-programmed, and then it gets re-released. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a different thing, and it's it's just one of those things where it's like you're writing in black, and it's blue ink. Like, it's just not doing what you want. Like, And you actually shouldn't have to relearn it, because then you're fucking up your your skill that you already have established for how many years. You absolutely do. It, it doesn't ruin it, because I remember when we played on the Wii, we played Mario World, and it was ice skate time, and we played through it, and we were having fun with it. But, like, it's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> it's a waste of time. Like, come on. Yeah. Do this right. I mean, of course, the best way to still play Nintendo is on, you know, the Nintendo TV with no lag at all or a CRT TV. Of course, picture-wise, though, the AVS is the best picture I've ever seen on a Nintendo. Like, it's pixel-perfect. Amazingness. I have to throw in here, I love Nintendo Age and everything, but the AVS that they had at the MGC was <laughs> not working <laughs> in the room. No. So, it, like we talked about, it was in... in early model it was a prototype yeah that's another thing that's kind of like for 180 bucks 185 bucks like fuck man it it better not break yeah (laughs) so so yeah i would say um once you do get a big tv it would definitely behoove you to get an avs in the future um i'd say in your current realm with you with the smaller lcd tvs you already have all the games you have a Famicom. You have a Nintendo. Like multiple TVs, yeah. Yeah, your purpose right now, the AVS isn't necessary. Um NES Classic is you can get it if you want. It'd be cool. It's like a little gimmicky thing. It's still yeah. sixty dollars though. Yeah. <laughs> not not free. That's the other thing. Yeah, that's the other thing. I'm we're all saving for the retirement fun <laughs> that we're gonna have, so it's kinda like it's gotta be really good at this point. Which which that can be a Phobos here in a little bit, so we need to chat about that. <laughs> thank you for listening to vgbs we appreciate everybody taking the time to get through this whole uh, arduous podcast we love it thank you thank you thank you if you want to correspond with us you can email us at vgbspodcast at gmail.com but we also have a phone number it is 262264bgbs you can leave us a voicemail shoot us a text message um, whatever you want to do, correspond. Also, comment on us. Shoot us a message on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. We love hearing what people um, think about the podcast. All right, see you later. Woo! Later!